Hey guys, this is Jesus, and I'd like the following Patreon listeners. Ernest A. Carafa, Case, Kevin Smith, Call Me Ishmael, Jay Booth, Rochelle Jackson, Acer Tolentino, Vandy Lim, Tom Bransfield, and Jonah Levine. Thanks for helping us fight what's beneath the sea. Foundersport is a fishing town up in the very tip of Maine. If you squint through the fog that surrounds the water, you can sometimes make out the very tip of Canada. As you're rushing upstairs, you push open the door and suddenly all around you is a mist. And, uh, it's on the beach, sir. What's on the beach, Dewey? I, I, it looks like a body, sir. What sort of effect might this, this climate change have on the creatures that are in the ocean. Hey everybody, this is Billy from the Fandible Podcast Network, and we are here today to play They Came From Beneath the Sea. And this is by Onyx Path. Uh, we all know them and love them from the work they did with uh, the uh, World of Darkness for a while. They were the ones that published it and printed it out. So thank you so much for that. So we are trying something uh, different today because we are using their storytelling system, mm-hmm. which is... There's similarities if you squint at uh, what they do with like World of Darkness, but they have uh, kind of uh, upped the game a little bit with it, added some new things that we really enjoy. So we're going to give this a whirl. The setting for They Came From Beneath the Sea is uh, kind of those creature features from the 50s. We're talking the blob all the way up to Killer Ants Ate My Uncle. Think of all those like ridiculous shows to the not-so-ridiculous shows. Uh, those were documentaries. <laughs> those were documentaries. Killer so. Ants did attack my uncle. Yeah, I was like, wait, I'm and- an uncle. Should I be worried about ants? <laughs> you should. You should very much be worried about ants. My uncle says they'll take everything, even the house. <laughs> wow, you are a dad now. Yeah. <laughs> Sit for that bitch wife. <laughs> All right, so just so uh, all the players are are clear on the tone we are going for with this uh, rendition of They Came From Beneath the Sea. Deadly serious. Mm -hmm. Deadly serious. I mean, this is, if if we can rank things from one being goofy as hell to ten being human centipede, this is a 12. (laughs) So start sucking ass, people. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Hi, Onyx Beth. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is a... uh, this is kind of blob level. I mean, it's it's goofy, it's silly, but we're not talking about like sets falling apart and stuff like that. But uh, if you are interested in playing a game where sets do fall apart and stunt devils do come in to take your place, uh, there are rules for that in here, which I adore. But we are going to play it a little bit more serious, but I think we are ready to go and have some fun. Today, I am taking you to Maine. Lovely, lovely Maine. Dave, you're from Maine, aren't you? Yep. My yep. apologies. How, how is Maine? <laughs> what do you like about Maine? Uh, I'm from there. <laughs> <laughs> Maine is known for its quaint little fishing areas and its uh, fishing areas <laughs> and its cliche diner talk. So mm-hmm. we are going to actually just embrace that. And this game is going to be taking place in the 1955. Yeah. Shout out to Becky's Diner in Portland, Maine, by the way. <laughs> yes. And what about that donut place that we went that one time? Uh, the dinner place that we went that one time. No, the donut. Oh, the place. donut place. Oh, that's... God, I don't remember what that donut place is called. It's wow. such they delicious donuts. Yeah, delicious. Shout out to them, though. Yeah, yeah. You know donuts. who you are. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, shout out to everybody. It, the year is 1955. It's been about 10 years since the Great War. Some of you even fought in the Great War. Uh, Dave, uh, your character probably did. Mm-hmm. Mariner, maybe. Maybe. 
maybe. Doctor, you, you had some job at the war, I'm sure. Probably not fighting. No, bone spurs, you know. So. <laughs> bone spurs, exactly. Great men, great men. <laughs> and you guys are taking part, and you guys are living inside uh, a small quaint town called Founders Port. And as the sign says, it is a small town with a big appetite. Uh, Founders Port is a fishing town up in the very tip of Maine. If you squint through the fog that surrounds the water, you can sometimes make out the very tip of Canada. The port is known for two things. The first being fishing. It is a fishing town. Everybody kind of has a job involving fishing. And those that don't, it's a job to service the people who are fishing. Um, and then the second thing is known for it smelling like a fishing town. Everywhere you go in town, the smell of the sea is close at hand. The only exception to this is uh, the Port Parlor Diner, owned by Polly Portshire. Uh, this is uh, a favorite hangout for everybody in town. And the reason it doesn't quite smell like fish all the time is Polly Port's husband, before his sad, his sad death two years ago, he was an engineer. And he kind of made it so that uh, the diner is very, it has an airtight seal to keep the stench out. It smells slightly like fish, but not as bad as everywhere else. Okay, let's begin the game. So, 1946. The war has just ended. The boys in blue, or the boys in red, white, and blue, are back in the U.S. of A., and they all got jobs. And we focus on a particular person who has just gotten a job working on a fishing vessel. The camera follows the coastline for a, bit, uh, for a bit before it goes deep into the ocean, following it for a while before emerging from the waves. And the ocean right now is completely placid. It is, there's no clouds, there's no wind, and it's just a simple fishing boat. And it goes, and there's a couple of people working on, on the fishing deck, and, but it goes into the cabin, lands on a sleeping man. Jesus, describe that man and tell us a little bit about him. The camera switches to a gentleman named James White, an older Caucasian man, probably early 40s. Uh, after his getting his nice pension from being in a warping part of the Navy, he joined up with this very small crew. Uh, a fishing boat, getting some money. Um, because even though he technically doesn't have to work for a while, he still wants to make er honest, earnest, uh, earnest, makes an honest American paycheck. Of course, and you have, uh, because of your experience, you're actually the, the first mate. Oh, very nice. And uh, as you are waking up, stirring in your hammock or wherever, you know what? They gave you a bunk. You you, you're in, you are the first mate, sir. You get a mattress. Uh, oh, God. It's so relaxing. Quote, an end quote. <laughs> mattress. It's an inch thick. Yep. An inch thick. Absolutely. You got it from a prison. Mm -hmm. And yeah. as you kind of stir awake, you suddenly feel a rocking in the boat. So something hits it. And sometimes that happens. A rogue wave kind of comes out of nowhere. Or uh, an orca kind of bumps into things. And then it happens again. And this one's heavier. The entire boat shakes and you hear a couple of the men say, Oh, God, ah! yep. I rush upstairs. As you're rushing upstairs, you push open the door and suddenly all around you is a mist. It's a blue mist that, that when you looked at the port, uh, uh, porthole when you had woken up a little while ago, there wasn't anything, but the mist is circling around your entire vessel. Okay. And the skipper is there just smoking his uh, pipe, as a skipper should. Skip, skipper, what the hell's going on? I told you. Don't call me skipper. Sounds weird. <laughs> no one takes me serious. Fine. Captain! Captain, absolutely. Captain Skipper. What's going on? Damn it, don't use my first name. <laughs> 
I don't know. He says he takes another drag or puff of his pipe of puff. Yeah. And the, the suddenly the ship begins to rock a little bit more. And the suddenly, it almost like you're kind of caught in a little, t- like a, a whirlpool as the, the, the ship starts turning slowly as the, whir- the, the water around you begins circling. And the captain reaches out and snatches hold of the, 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 the wheel and tries to hold on. And he's like, okay, everybody, uh, man, this, man, the sides, you know, get the, get the lead nuts up. And he's giving off orders. And suddenly there's another shake. And the, fr- fl- the fog that was surrounding you suddenly kind of moves in as if it's trying to suffocate you. And it's digging into your throat. You can't breathe. And suddenly there's another rocking motion. And James Wyatt is suddenly cast over the rail. <laughs> And you fall into the water, and you feel something wrap around you, pulling you deep, deep into the abyss. What do you do? I try. You see something judging, coming around me, right? Some, you feel something around you. Maybe, a, maybe an arm or a tentacle or a rope. I take my small knife and stab into it. You stab into it, and you kind of hear a muffled scream from mm-hmm. the darkness around you. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that way you hear when someone yells in the, a body of water. And as you pull yourself up as this greenish neon kind of color swarms around you you surface and you see suddenly something giant some giant looks almost like a seaweed but it's a little bit more muscular it's a girthier vine wrap around the ship itself and pull it down and the captain stands there his cigar his pipe hanging from his mouth and he locks eyes with you and he says tell our story Something grabs you again, pulls you down, and there's nothing but darkness. They find you a day later clutching some board, a, a piece of the board that has the ship's name, mm-hmm. the USS the USS Sardine Hunter. They find you on the coast, and what do you tell them? It was, it was this technical thing. It wrapped around the boat and it crashed it down. And I felt it around me, but I stabbed it and I heard his muffled screams. And I, and and Captain was there. And he told us to tell the story. So we had to find we need to find the things that slither under the ground in the water. We need to grab them. We need to grab them. Where are you going? Where are you going? Hey, hey. We move on down down and then yeah, we get to a classroom. Actually, it just shows the chalkboard. Yep. And it shows a man. It shows the back of a man's head. What do you look like? What does your character look like? Uh, he is. He's in his early fifties. Uh, the time is nineteen fifty-five. Yeah, he's still in his early fifties. Uh, oh, in that case, he's two years old. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, he's a man in his early fifties. He's uh, he's got a uh, he's yeah. got <laughs> he's got a uh, he's basically dressed in tweed, like the classic sort of uh, professorial look uh, with the little you know the, the jacket with the uh, the leather uh, the uh, yeah the elbow pads something a professor at like, yeah. a college would yeah work. exactly all right so you're, you're right there and what kind of equations are you writing out on the on the he's writing out uh, several uh, fairly complex especially for their time uh, physics equations on on the blackboard yeah and you're kind of applying physics to the uh, to weather because that is mm-hmm. your specialty and exactly. you are here to explain how the water cycle and this is this is crazy and it got you laughed out of all school, all education laughed at you mm-hmm. and pointed at you and mocked you except for this one place that hired you and you are trying to describe that fossil fuel being burnt is affecting the weather. Exactly. And that's that's what I'm going on about. I'm, I'm calculating out like how many tons of carbon are being pumped into the atmosphere and uh, and how that affects the, the 
the coefficient of the value of the amount of sunlight that's getting trapped uh, with, between the different layers. And he's, he's very passionately going on about this on the, on the board. So you're talking, you're talking, and you finally get done with the equation after a good two, three minutes of just babbling science talk. And you turn around and you say, see, it's clear. It's it's going to be any clearer than this, he says, pointing at a board that just, to anybody who doesn't have an advanced uh, math or physics degree, is just gobbledygook. And your audience is a class of sophomores in high school, and finally one just raises his hand. I think first you hear the the snap, like someone is chewing bubble gum, and so in the silence they just blow a bubble and it pops. And then one of the students, one of the young ladies with a beehive hair and uh, those horn room glasses, raises her hand. Yes, Mary? Uh, Mr. Fred Wilkinson? Yes. Can I go to the restroom? Can I use the hot pass? <sighs> Here you go. And yeah. she takes it. Thank you. And she runs off and uh, leaving you with uh, a number of other children or young adults, young budding minds that will one day understand your excellence. Mm-hmm. But right now they just have a blank look as they stare at you. All right, I'm glad one you finally did it. Uh, one finally raises his hand and says, "But what about Jesus? Wouldn't he save us?" You know what? Let's just pretend this part of the equation here is Jesus. <laughs> You'll notice <laughs> there how it is, there is. <laughs> We leave the school and it takes us to a, a rocky road as a gravel-filled road as a uh, like a, a Land Rover, an old Jeep uh, is uh, sailing down quickly. And uh, it's heading towards another co- a cop car. And as it comes to a screeching halt, the camera zooms in towards the door that has the uh, logo of the Founders Port uh, piece, uh, PD. PD on it. And uh, climbing out of it is... <clears throat> is uh, Sheriff Daya. Uh, it's been a long night. It's uh, a couple of uh, drunken disorderlies. I'm about... Um, 48, got a big old mustache to establish my masculinity for the younger ones, and uh, clean-shaven otherwise. Uh, it's 1950s, so same haircut as everybody, potted on the side, I'm not a communist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, wearing uh, no glasses, make me look stupid, smart. Nobody, nobody respects a smart sheriff. They respect somebody who does things, not reads things. Exactly. You were, uh, you, you're kind of a town hero. I mean, you went to the war. You went to the war, and you took a. Uh, uh, where'd you take a bullet? Took a bullet to the hip. Took a hip, and that's why actually you got sent home before the big, the big push. And you were, you, you were always asking to go back. You'd wheel yourself on a wheelchair on the battlefield if you could. But no, they sent you back, and you, you still did your duty. In 1942, uh, you became a uh, sheriff's a deputy. And how long ago did you become a sheriff, the, the main sheriff? Well, I became sheriff about three years ago after uh, my boss, uh, Charlie. He, uh, he, uh, he was already getting old. They were pushing him into retirement. But uh, he got behind the wheel like a dummy. He got behind the wheel after having one too many. You know, a lot of people say that tree jumped out in front of his car. <laughs> He's fine, he's fine, broke his leg, but had to leave. You know, it would have looked bad for the press. Press. They ruined him. And as you climb out of your vehicle, you are approached by a man who doesn't have a mustache, and but he's not so clean-shaven, has a five o'clock shadow, you know. 
And this one name is Dewey. Uh, Dewey Martin. Dewey Martin is your de- uh, sheriff deputy, and he is one of the most worthless sheriff deputies you've ever ima- imagined. He's a little bit overweight. Uh, he can't really run. He has asthma uh, and bone spurs. Uh, all those things that got him out of the war. Uh, and his father owns a, a car dealership in the big city. So, uh, you know, after he called the mayor, uh, the dad called the mayor uh, when uh, the mayor kind of uh, asked uh, the old sheriff to make sure that his son was taken care of. And uh, that he's kind of your trouble right now. Yeah, yeah, he is. And uh, Dewey uh, walks towards you. Uh, you definitely see the stain of uh, donut on his shirt. He's like, hey, hey, uh, sheriff, sheriff, uh, we got we got a doozy. I just I, I was uh, I was out here um, p- patrolling. Sure. And uh, it's on the beach, sir. What's on the beach, Dewey? I, I, it looks like a body, sir. I couldn't get close to it. The smell hit me, and I just my gag reflexes kicked in, so I just stayed over here. But I called it in immediately, like you told me to. Ah, for crying out loud, Dewey! And I turn around, and start marching to the beach. It's probably just two kids necking. It does. It doesn't smell like it. And as he says that, you you reach the edge of the sand, and it does smell like something dead. Something gross. Maybe a dead seal. But you do see this outline. It almost—it looks like uh, something wrapped in some cloth. I take out my handkerchief. I put it over my uh, put it over my my mouth and my nose, and approach with a stick. You, is it a stick you pick up, or is it your nightstick? A uh, stick I pick up. Of course. Okay, yeah, you find that appropriate. Roll for it. Yeah, you, it's time to science. You need a stick for science. Oh, you, you you head towards this bundle, and you realize uh, the reason you thought it was a bundle is because it didn't look like a body because um, you didn't see a head, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, it it is a body. It It's a body without a head. It is a cleanly cut off head. Uh, and right now I'm going to give you the main clues, but I want you to roll first to, and I'm going to give you extra clues or give you an extra opportunity to ask questions. Okay. Uh, every success allows you to say like, give me a small minor clue or I want to ask a question. So it's a body on the beach, no head. Yes. So uh, this is an investigation. So I'm going to say, uh, I want you to roll. Uh, I'm going to say uh, integrity plus resolve because you are staring at a dead body. It's kind of gross, but that's okay. Unless you yep. have anything else. So gross. Okay, so my integrity is two, and uh, you said resolve? Yep. Okay, so integrity is a skill now, correct? Yes, and that's kind of your investigation, I believe. Okay, cool. And resolve is still a stat, which is three. All right, so that's not bad. Yep, and you need to roll an eight and above. And just make sure you don't have any tropes that might help you. Okay, good question. Uh, Not outside of my archetype. Uh, Nope. All right. All right, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so that is one eight. One eight. Okay, so the main clue is this person is dressed in a finely uh, tailored suit. I mean, you've, you've bought plenty of suits at the uh, suit barn and the uh, the suit mart. <laughs> and there's also, you know, Crazy Mark's uh, suit Suit shack. Suit sack, exactly, you know. Uh, but this is, this is something you get from the big city. I'm talking Portland. This is a Portland suit. Oh, God. How do you wash up here? Uh, and this also, you, you as you're looking around, uh, you will... This is the clue. If you want to... Do you want to ask a question or do you want me to just give you another minor clue? Uh, let's give me another minor clue. 
as you're looking through the body, kind of like carefully prodding and proking, mm-hmm. you know that this is a soldier. Uh, and the reason you know this is because he has the same scars that you have from your inoculations that they gave you when you went over to the uh, to Europe. Mm. This guy fought in the war, so unless he was a European guy, you're assuming this was a U.S. soldier at some at some point. So this guy has military experience, and also he has no head. The head was cleanly taken off. Um, and sealed with some sort of gooey gel-like substance. The head is nowhere to be found. And as you're working down towards his wrist, he's wearing some sort of wristwatch. And I want you to make an athletics plus a dexterity roll. You're trying to move out of the way uh, quickly. Okay. You got it. Athletics plus dexterity. Yeah, this so. is a one success rate, and but it's also uh, one complication. Okay, give me one second. Athletics and what was the other stat? Dexterity. Dexterity. All right, cool. And what is the one complication? Uh, complication is like if you pass by one, you succeed, mm-hmm. but a complication will occur if you don't pass by two. Uh, that's t- three. Three successes. You suddenly feel something snake around your arm as you get close to the wristwatch. And you, you're you not looking at it uh, specifically. Something catches your eyes. You think it was a wallet, but when you get closer, it's actually a bit of his shoe that had coming off. Mm-hmm. So, but when you look back, you, you sworn the wristwatch almost detached and bit you like a snake, but it doesn't do any damage. It locks into place, and as you rip your arm back as you're taking the wristwatch with you, mm-hmm. you suddenly realize the wristwatch is connected to a cord, and under the body and buried in the sand, that cord leads to a briefcase that falls with that comes out with it as you fall back. What the hell? It is a criminy. It is a black suitcase, nondescript, locked, and as you try and twist and turn, you can't get this thing off. Son of a gun. All right, all right, all right. Who are you, buddy? Hey, Uh, boss! Boss! Yeah, Dewey. Betsy, she's on, she's on the, she's on the radio? Oh, shoot. Just my luck. She, she wants to know if you're, you're picking up, she said you're, you were supposed to be uh, taking your daughter to work. You're supposed to be taking your daughter to school today. He looks up at the body and then at the you know distant horizon over the water. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. And I take off my jacket and put it around the the suitcase so it's not immediately obvious. And then I carry the bundled up clothes with me, uh, bundled up jacket. Yeah, yeah. Do we um put up put up a perimeter? Uh, all around here, I don't want anybody coming or going. Radio me immediately. Call the uh, coroner. Call the coroner. Get him here. Have him take a look around, okay? Perimeter. Coroner. Okay. Call me if anything happens. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. I got this. You can count on me. You can't count on him. <laughs> <laughs> Angela, you have finished your oatmeal. You are sitting inside a uh, a fairly nice house. As it goes across the hall, you see a picture of a young girl smiling, beaming, hugging her father's leg, and a a nice 1950s, 1940s housewife beaming next to you. And it, it kind of just goes from picture to picture, showing you aging and aging until it gets to a picture of sad, uh, until it passes the fire mantle. And on top of the fire mantle uh, is a uh, is an urn, uh, and it says, you know, uh, Mary uh, Mary Dwyer, loving wife and mother, uh, 1948. 
and then it passes the uh, the fire mantle, passes a couple more pictures of you and your dad, the smile on your face getting less and less, the distance between the two of you getting more and more. The last one is you guys fishing together, and you look like you're in hell, and your father kind of equally looks like he's in hell, and it lands on you sitting at your breakfast table, uh, looking at the clock as uh, your ride's not here. What uh, do you look like and who are you? Uh, hi, everyone. This is Angela. I'm playing Jane Daya. She is the uh, she's in high school. She's about 15, 16 years old. She is the editor for the school newspaper. She dresses like a 1950s teeny boppa. She's got blonde hair. She's got the bangs. Hair's pulled back in a ponytail. She's wearing a big circle skirt. A uh, nice buttoned up shirt with a Peter Pan collar, puffed sleeves, and uh, she's uh, ta- but the belying the the picture of pic- of perfect nineteen fifties domesticity, she's in there tapping her her saddle shoed foot against the floor, very impatient. Your dad, uh, he promised that he would take you because your ride, uh, Linda, unfortunately couldn't. She's a neighbor, but she unfortunately broke a hip, so she can't take you to school today. But your brother, your dad said he would absolutely be there to take you. And he's 15 minutes late. They, you cannot get another... Uh, if you get if you are late again to school, uh, you chance getting a detention. And that, that just... That, just that, 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 that don't look right. It does not look right. Um, I know Dad has his police car. Do we have a car for civilian use? No, no, oh. no, no. You have the police car. But you do know your dad has a old 1949... Indian motorcycle that he's been restoring, and last time you checked, it's restored. You would. <laughs> she would. <laughs> she no, did. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit at home and ignore plot hooks. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> you know, my dad could use a breakfast. <laughs> I'm going to grab the keys, grab my book bag. Oh no, I bet the keys are hidden somewhere in the garage. So I'm going to grab my book bag. Go out to the garage and look around Dad's uh, tool chest area, and it's probably in like a mason jar that's been screwed to the the top. So I unscrew the mason jar, uh, dump out all of the screws and bits and bobs that are in there, and fish out the keys. Uh, yeah, actually, it's uh, it's interesting how your dad thinks he's clever. It's a lot of wooden keys that he's put in there, and uh, so you dump out, and they all look the sim- the same, every one of them. But then you just grab a magnet nearby that he's used and just hold it over it, and suddenly, come. There's the actual key, and you pull it off, and there it is waiting for you. Uh, do you want to give me a – do you not roll ride? Uh, do you have drive? Why would I have drive? You know drive what? It doesn't matter. Drive roll. is a pointless skill in every game, Billy. Why would I take it? Okay. <laughs> let's uh, – you know what? Let's uh, let's do drive. Uh, dexterity plus drive. If you don't have drive, I'm going to say it's a complication. So one success to take this buggy on the road, and then one complication. Watch her no successes you 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 start it up and then it goes a little too quickly for you so you jerk forward but you don't crash in anything so you feel like you just need to you know kind of like ride this like a like a like a bike just get used to it so you you slowly kind of start using your feet and you start moving your way down the driveway you have a long dirt uh, drive, uh, and it's about, I don't know, a quarter of a mile, mm-hmm. 
and it's winding and you slowly turn left and right. And by the very end, you're about to get to the road when suddenly coming around the corner is a familiar Jeep uh, going a little faster than it should be. Uh, but, you know, he's a cop, so he's allowed to do whatever he wants. And uh, Dave, uh, as you round the corner, you see a very familiar uh, bike being ridden by a very familiar uh, lady. Woo! Woo! Oh, actually, that was, that's a modern day uh, thing. Insta- it was 1950s. <laughs> you turning on the sirens? I was. It was going because <laughs> yeah. I needed to get there immediately. Um, and then I pull up, and then I get on the loudspeaker. Where are you going, young lady? <laughs> <laughs> you would be the only person who would yell at me for trying to go to school on time. While committing a felony of automobile automobile theft? Yes. <laughs> Angela, you see a couple of the kids. Uh, you see them uh, driving by in a uh, 19, you know, a, a Corvette, one of the rich kids. And uh, a couple cheerleaders are sitting in the back. And they kind of just, like, do a slow crawl past <laughs> you guys as, the, as they're watching the scene unfold. I see this. I get out of the car as they're doing a slow crawl. I grimace. And you can tell that your dad has a kind of memory of, because he went to the same high school, right? Of course. And then he shuts the door and looks at you and he says, Now you know you're not supposed to ride your bike until you're 16, Jane. And he looks at all of the kids without their motorcycles. (laughs) (laughs) Nice car. <laughs> and they speed up as the, they see the the sheriff now looking at them, and they kind of speed up and drive off. But It'll be a cold day in hell when you have that bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you do with the bicycle? Do you uh, what's going on? What do you guys do? You got to go to school, Jane. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Oh no, you can get in the car. I'll take you there, lickety split. I'll be there in no time flat. All right. What? Gets back on the loudspeaker. That is not a parking space, young lady. <laughs> you told me to get in the car. Yeah. Once you've parked your nice little tricycle there. <laughs> back and up the road. Angela, do you want to do another drive chest check? Sure. You know what? You got you had time to chant this. I'm, I'm going to give you a, an advantage. Or an enhancement, I believe it's called. Does that give me an extra die? Give, if you succeed, you get two. You, uh, if you get succeed, you'll get an extra success. Two successes. Wow. Maybe it's your father. Maybe you did practice a little bit as you're driving down, but you give him a glare. You tighten your like helmet like Captain America did in the end of Endgames. Oh, thank God you're wearing a helmet. (laughs) And you rev it up and you speed around, kicking dust towards your father. And you're you're heading. Are are you heading back to the garage? I am. Great. You you head into the garage and you absolutely park it. Oh, please, please make a statement by being in a, involved in a high-speed pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, honestly, within a minute, you are ready to get picked up to go to school. So you, your father drives up, you get inside, and you are heading back. You're heading towards high school, the Founders Port High. All right. I'm quiet as we drive. Jane is, too. Great. So this is basically family dinner all over again. <laughs> Thanksgiving of uh, 1950, 51, 52, 53, 54, yep. and 55. So you're rehearsing. And uh, it takes you about, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes to get there. And, and as you're driving, uh, Dave, uh, 
you see a very familiar face uh, kind of standing in the middle of the road, uh, blocking traffic. And he seems to be yelling at a car uh, that's honking at him angrily. The car is actually uh, one of those pickup trucks, and they seem to be uh, uh, transporting a squid, like the dead squid that they must have caught. And he's yelling nonsense at them. We need to check every single squid. One of them could be one of the things that slither. We need to grab him. We need to grab him. We need to rip him apart. And check for brains. They all have brains. They all have the brains. Honk. And then, and then, don't you get tonight with me. Honk. Hey, you better stop beeping. James. James. Marshall. Marshall, where are you? I'm in the car behind the car that you've stopped. Oh. G- give me a moment. No. No. No, no. I'm coming around. Don't worry. And as soon as you walk around, the truck takes off like a bat out of hell. We'll see you. We'll see you again, Billy. I walk up. Marshall, how you been? I open the back door. I go inside. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, this is a unique feeling. <laughs> hey, Jane, how you doing? Hi. She's late to school. Ah, uh, you can't be late for school. Who was supposed to pick you up? I just look up at the front seat. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so are you are you driving to school? Yes, I am. James, what are you doing? I'm looking for the things that slither. They could be hiding among the squid. All those squishy types collect collect together. But if you're able to find the individual smart ones among the stupid ones, then you find the real one. Well, because it's not fake. That sounds like high school. <laughs> Your girl is smart. You are a smart girl. You're going to go far. Thank you. You might be the first female president. I see it in you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Always take advice from a man in the back of a cop car. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter's in the back of a cop car. What does that say about you? I'm a good father and a good sheriff. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, don't worry, Jane. I'll walk you in. I'll be here. Yeah, you will. <laughs> 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 yeah, you are ten minutes late. Like the bell has already clearly rung, uh, especially given all the distractions that have occurred. <laughs> uh, and you should be in science class at this point. All right, which class are you supposed to be in? Angela, um, roll your uh, your perception, uh, your integrity plus uh, cunning. Just something that catches. I want you to see if something catches your eye. Hey, Jesus, you can do the same. Okay. Turkey. Just realized I got to slow down my main act, uh, my accent. I'm not from Boston anymore. <laughs> now one of the big cities. That's a no. It's Am no. I effectively rolling to gather information? Yeah. So I automatically gain an additional raw clue if I'm successful. Cool. Mm-hmm. I am not successful though. Oh, wait, oh uh, wait. I think that's no one. successes and a one. Yeah, that's a that's botch. A- so both botches. Wow. Oh, okay. I botched two. Okay. You guys, I was going to say this is a, a clue that. Absolutely will happen no matter what, but since you just botched it, it's easy. You don't notice that your father has a coat draped over his arm as if he's a waiter at, yeah. at Maitre d'. No? So for now, you are you both are just kind of – you're – hey, uh, James, you were talking about uh, squids. So when the – so each sucker on a squid And, Jane, uh, you are too embarrassed by the fact that your father's walking you into school. Wait, is, is James coming with us into the school? Oh, no, no. no, James, no. James, I'm saying James, in the car. I'm okay. saying I just car. gave him both a chance to actually see this in question. But yeah. no, you are a stealth king. Yep, absolutely. Uh, uh, so yeah, you walked. You walk into the school. Uh, it is a vacant hall. No one's around. Uh, you could either drop her off at the office or go to her class and just talk to her teacher. Nope, got to go talk to the teacher. Got to make sure that she doesn't get in trouble. 
Just because she tried to steal a bike from a cop doesn't mean that she should be late. Because the cop wasn't keeping uh, up with his responsibilities and showing up on time. You Responsibility know. is important, Marshall! Congratulations, Jane. That was a test you passed. Let's go find out which <laughs> class you're in. And as we're uh, approaching the door, it's like, all right, now, it's the, 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 the guy that lives at the lighthouse. He's now the science teacher. Please don't call him a communist. What? I didn't hire him. I'm just saying, can you please not go around accusing my teachers of being communists? Of course. And as you uh, say that, the Pledge of Allegiance is playing in everybody's classroom except <laughs> someone who's disabled the speaker because it, it's eating into his teaching time. Yes. And he's already ranting as yeah. you open the door. Yeah. And there's uh, uh, Professor Fred, or uh, uh, Teacher Fred. Uh, he, he's... So you see, in this half of the board, we see what happens if the entire world becomes basically a desert for overheating, or we've got a second possibility where the entire world freezes. This giant, one giant ice ball. Either way, the only way to avoid this fate is a full redistribution of all the means of... <laughs> 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 Wilkinson? Uh, yes, Sheriff, but we're in the middle of a class here. I wanted to apologize and tell you that the reason my daughter is late is because there was a small problem. It's not her fault. She just needed some extra time going to uh, getting ready for school. Mm-hmm. Let's go sit on your seat there, young lady. Jane oh, takes her seat. Go on, Jane, sit down. I want to apologize, Mr. Wilkinson. She has the poops wicked bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, wicked bad. Uh, what time it? is it? It's like 17 minutes late. That's fast, considering <laughs> the things I... Uh, Dad! The things I was in the war. Dad. <laughs> Fred Wilkinson. Uh, yes. I need you, you... You can roll a uh, perception check, which I'm going to say sure, is, uh, I guess, integrity again. Integrity plus uh, cunning. All right, let me find out what my integrity is. I don't know where that is. Uh, so integrity is one of the, um, oh, it would be up under your ambition, your archetype and stuff at the top, if you have it. You might not have it. Oh, yeah, it. okay. So, so one, one and integrity. And then cunning, and cunning is All right, I got my cunning guy. All right. All right. So, so you get to, you're collecting a clue. You're trying to, I'm seeing if you are going to roll. And this is just to add a little bit more. You're going to know something unless you botch it. I got one success. Yay! Great. Uh, the first thing you notice is uh, he, the, the cop, clearly, is uh, hiding something underneath his arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as he's, like, talking and explaining the poops, um, <laughs> you notice that he is actually wearing um, a, it's, uh, an, uh, it's a, a steel, uh, steel fabric uh, alignment um, uh, mm-hmm. briefcase. Uh, basically, it's something you connect to your arm, from your arm. Uh, mm-hmm. The cord uh, down to the briefcase. It's uh, it's a lockbox kind of. It's very expensive. You've seen yeah. it a few times when you uh, when you went to the government to explain your theories, mm-hmm. and they quickly you met with uh, Mister uh, Senator uh, McCarthy, mm-hmm. and uh, they have an entire hearing for you um, <laughs> to explain your theories. Um, 
and they but, sold tickets and everything. There were drinks. Yeah, There's exactly. A good time for everyone. Exactly. Uh, but you notice that you, you got a chance to look over at some of the, these casings uh, as mm-hmm. one of your colleagues was uh, met you there and was talking about some of this work as well. And it's very rare, or weird to see that the uh, the cop, uh, the small town cop, is wearing something that would be high tech mm-hmm. security uh, security base. Right. Uh, yeah, f- uh, Fred uh, kind of notices that, looks down at uh, Sheriff Dyer's uh, hand where he's got the briefcase. Uh, kids, hang on a second. Uh, Sheriff, so how long have you been working uh, with the feds? <gasps> what? The federal government. I'm not a communist! The federal government is to be trusted, you <laughs> young man. <laughs> Watching you. <laughs> well. I'm not a federal agent right now, mm-hmm. but I've been uh, an employee of the state agency for uh, over a decade now. Ah, so the state's starting to get that stuff now, too. Interesting, interesting. They have funds for that, but they don't have funds for my plans. Oh, I'm sure they have plans. <laughs> <laughs> right, well... And he's definitely pointing towards your right. He's like little secret, your 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 mm-hmm. hidden uh, your arm. I move it behind my back. Well, I'll let you go. Get back <laughs> to the. I look up at the board. Class that is being taught in my my daughter's school. Have a good day, Jane. Bye, class. Bye, Sheriff Dyer. Great, and uh, we're going to follow Sheriff Dwyer as you exit uh, uh, the classroom. You head back to your car, and you see a good old boy, uh, James, sitting in the back seat. Are you talking to anybody? Oh, he's sleeping. Um, It's not the first time I've slept in the back of your police car. Hell no. No. I actually take the pillow that's there for me, and I put put it to the side. Oh, no, you're not gonna get me! You're not gonna get me! I, oh, Marshall, how you doing? Hey, James, I get in the I get in the driver's seat. James, mm-hmm. yeah. What was all that about? Well, I had this theory. How can the things that slither freely move along uh, among the populace? They have to be hiding because they're not people like us. They're creatures with tentacles, and what has tentacles? Squids. So they're hiding among the squids to go among the populace. So we need to, you need to put out an APB on all squids. You must go to every fish shop. You need to go find every truck with squids in it or squid-like products and search them. You want me to go to every single tackle shop and fishery and fishmonger in a seaside town in central Maine and get all of the squids. I'm glad we understand each other. Right, I'm driving to the precinct now, and, uh... Oh, could you drop me off at home first, please? Sure. All right, perfect. All right. And you drive him, and you absolutely... uh, Where's your home, uh, good old boy? I actually live in a small shack. Well, I used to live in a bigger home, but I spent all my money on conspiracy theories. Uh, So I moved to a small shack near the beach, where my small boat is, uh, why she left me. (laughs) <laughs> is that your ship name why she left me the why she left me i like it uh yeah okay. <laughs> why why leave in a why sleep in a shack when you can sleep in your boat oh yeah it's a it's a small uh, it's a fishing it's a uh what's it called the, a fishing vessel a fishing fishing i sleep in my boat i don't have a house i sleep yeah. in my boat cool cool so you drop them off at the docks 
And where are you going now? Uh, uh, where are you going now, uh, Mister Cop? Uh, I guess I have to go back to. Uh, I have to go back to the scene of the crime. Yep. And uh, as you get there, uh, uh, everything seems to be actually. You can count on him. Apparently, he called the coroner, uh, and you actually see a couple of the uh, state uh, police showing up as well. All right. Maybe they can take care of this. All right, everybody. Corner, nice to see you. Hey, Doug. How, uh, how you doing, Sheriff? Uh, well, I've been better, but it looks like business is picking up for you. Oh, yeah. My, my, my diagnosis is he lost his head. <laughs> He's an old man. Uh, <laughs> laughing. Uh, he takes a sick, uh, but, you know, he mm-hmm. kind of loses his uh, breath and starts coughing, but then he regains it with a drag from his cigarette. Oh, thank God. All right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we have a couple of state individuals coming. Uh, they should be here in a couple of hours. Uh, I will uh, take the body back to uh, the, the, the the office if you want. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, we need to get it out before it's high tide. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to have this thing washing down to one of the other counties. Uh, well, most likely washed from the ocean at some point. It's quite weird that the man was swimming in a suit, probably fell off a boat, one of them cruises. Probably one of them rich folk who didn't have, who had more money than sense, got drunk on some sort of hooch and then fell over. Well, well, uh, anything else you need from me? Well, no, just let me know when he gets back at your establishment and uh, just call it in and let me know if the feds or the state reaches out to you and I'll direct them to you if they have any questions about the body. Uh, what's that on your hand? What's it, what are you holding? A gift for my daughter. Oh, all right. Well, best love to your daughter. She's what, 16, 15 now? Uh, 15 and a half. Oh, that's a great age, great age. My wife, she, God bless her, she she gave me and blessed me with two daughters. Both <laughs> are going to be married very soon, 18. And we were a little worried that they were going to be delaying, but we were able to match them up quite well. They should make very good wives. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's the pinnacle of something a woman can achieve here in 1955, <laughs> is being a good wife at 18. 17 and a half, it is main. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Now, if you excuse me, I need to get my finish my morning cigarette. The doctor has told me I need to smoke twice a day. <laughs> I wouldn't want to stand in the way of medicine here in 1955. <laughs> One, two, three, four. And yeah, no, he's uh, everything's getting settled down. Uh, anything else you want to do uh, for right now? Oh, go back to the go back to the precinct and uh, to Tylenol in uh, a seltzer and just try to like. Are you trying? Are you are you okay if this thing being stuck to you? Because it is. It does not look like you could. Get it yep. off, man. You're gonna try to cut it off. Gonna I am it. gonna try to cut it off when I get to, uh, when I get to my office. I'm gonna bring with me a hacksaw or something. Uh, yeah, uh, you can make a roll for this. Uh, this will be. Uh, God, what's a good roll for this one? Integrity enigmas. I-, I would say enigma. Plus, uh, how are you doing it? Intelligence wise, are you trying to beat it open? Uh, might, might. So might. might plus enigma. You're trying to beat this thing. It's a very odd combination. Yep. Uh, all right. So. Well, if you're just going to beat it, I'd say melee also works. Yep. Melee weapon. Uh, so you just take I'll like do a, melee. Yeah, melee plus. Uh, and this is difficulty four. And one success. 
Uh, no, it doesn't. You, you hit it several times. You 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 bang it. You you twist it. You bop it. Um, <laughs> but no, it. This thing is. It, you don't even put a dent in it. You actually break your hammer. I look up, and I'm doing this by the way in my office. I've locked my door, but I'm waiting till the phone rings. So that it will sneakily obscure the sound of me trying to open up a chain with a hammer. Yep. Everybody's kind of, as soon as you exit your uh, office, uh, this thing's still stuck on you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Betsy's just kind of standing in front of uh, the door with a coffee pot in hand and a coffee cup. Uh, Hi, Sheriff. Having a bit of a pickle? It's been a heck of a morning, Betsy. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. You having trouble with that? She points. Toward, she nods towards the briefcase. Uh, you know, I sort of am. Hey, uh, you know anybody around town who might be able to, uh, I was testing a new type of uh, handcuff that I had heard about. Uh, say no more. You know, my Earl, he, he welds. He could probably uh, t- uh, take a stab at it. Oh, that would be great if he could help me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can meet you uh, a little bit later, okay? I'll, I'll give him a call. Uh, he'll come by during lunch. Sure. Do you want coffee? Always. Okay, do you want your cigarette? Always. Okay, so she gives you both. And, I mean, what time is it? 11 o'clock? Make it Irish? <laughs> <laughs> and we get back to the uh, the, 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 the science lesson, um, or science lecture, or the mad babblings, depending on who you're asking right now. And most of the kids seem to be not paying attention, but you know what? I'm watching, I'm going to give you a role, a chance to show, to teach and impassion these people All right. with science uh, and uh, manipulation or presence. Presence. Manipulation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, spreading that communist ideolo- <laughs> ideology. Fear based, fear based right, uh, chemistry. Means science, you said, right? Oh, Dr. Nice. Fox. Uh, ooh, uh, one success. Uh, one. Two, because. Oh, ten, two, ten. technically, because that's a ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Angela, do you have any science? Uh, I mean, I have technology. Oh, no, I do have science one. Science one. Yay. You're going to have an advantage with science. Woot. Uh, from now on, just when it comes to weather. Uh, Jane, the doctor just got done babbling. Babbling madly about the fools. The fools, they would never, they'll, they'll one day see his genius. And then he turns around and asks if there's any questions. All right, who's got any questions now? I think it is very clear. Self-explanatory could not be clearer. Just, you know, chalkboard just full of, like, dense equations. It could not be clearer. But if anybody does have any questions, please. Angela, you kind of understand what he's getting at. You might have a question if you want to ask it about his mad ramblings about the, uh, the thing known as climate change. Uh, Jane raises her hand. Oh, uh, Jane. And she kind of squints her eyes as she's looking at the the chalkboard. And she's remembering what uh, Mr. Wyatt was talking about in the the car this morning. What sort of effect might this this climate change have on the creatures that are in the ocean? 
That is an excellent question, actually. I am not a biologist, so I'm not an expert on marine life, but I can give you the basics. And he turns around and starts going like, yeah, you see now, if there is a rise of even one degree, this basically comes down throughout the entire system, raising some ecosystems up, making others move. We could expect entire mass migrations of creatures. We could expect some entire species to die out while others flourish and grow. And it's, it's very difficult to predict, but and massive it, changes. And the exciting thing about this is you actually can start bringing about the, uh, talking about the, your experiment that you're currently working on at the uh, uh, lighthouse, which is you're right now what you're trying to do is you're trying to suck in all the air around the lighthouse yep. and, to, and, and to push it down into the ocean to see if you could cool it by a couple degrees uh, to see if man can actually make this at a larger scale to help cool the oceans back to what they were naturally supposed to be at. And you, so you go into details about all the contraption that you're working at the lighthouse. Again, no one seems like they care, but you actually are going to uh, get an advantage at one point. I'm going to give this to you right now. Uh, at one point, you'll be able to... Uh, wait a minute. I've, I, we haven't been doing any of the, uh, the, the pool. And what can we use these for? Adding, uh, taking over, uh, taking narrative control. These are like fake points, and you also use them to... Uh, uh, buy more uh, right. dice. And it is communal, so it's one pool in the center for all of us to use. The majority has to vote that it's like, allowed. Okay. Yeah, so if somebody wants to use the very last point to do something stupid, the rest of us can go like, eh, wait a second. All right, all right. And uh, I remember a couple of failures, so I'm going to add two more to the uh, dice pool. Okay. Actually, I can't because it is at max right now, so... Please use these as much as you want because uh, they will, every time you fail, you'll get another uh, point in those. Okay, oh, sweet. Cool. So I think I'm doing this right. Uh, if not, sorry, people. We are trying our best. Mm-hmm. No, anything that anything that equates failures of rolling to beneficial. Uh, so is it was it one one uh, Benny basically one, one one of those per extra die? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, but Dan, I'm going to say uh, in the in the future. Uh, usually, I just give you another Benny, but since I liked it, uh, you'll be able to have an advantage when you're working with Angela. Uh, character one time. All right. Uh, an enhancement, because you guys kind of have a bonding moment at this, as, you, as she asks a very intelligent question. For so a second, I figure, not all the children are doomed. <laughs> uh, she'll she'll uh, have so, a good uh, life after the apocalypse. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, the uh, the bell rings, and everybody stands up. A couple people start snickering as uh, they pass Jane, and a couple of them are saying, like, teacher's pet. And one, uh, one particularly talented uh, student walks by and says, <coughs> Oh, God. Jane Jane has the poops. She treats the toilet like a hoop. Every day when she's feeling hot, her butt goes to take a shot. Yeah, that's six around. Yeah, off. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jane, uh, <laughs> God damn it! It is some horror. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the horror of this game. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And the class is over. And the doctor, you are free to. Wait out a couple. Like you have a two more. You have like a study hall or two. You have to go to. Then you have to do this all over again. Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna go. I'm just getting through the day, honestly. Like, you know, this, this whole teaching thing is pays the rent. So, great. So, Angela, uh, you go to class, you do your thing, uh, you deal with the ups and downs of high school. Uh, we're going back to uh, your do- your father. All right. So, uh, I am, I am trying to convince Earl. To get this thing off me, I am at. Uh, where does Earl work? Is he a mechanic or yeah, something? He's a me- uh, mechanic. He's your basically handyman. He you call him whenever anything breaks down. Uh, he's not much of a car guy, but he knows how to change a tire or two. Uh, knows how to fix some of the rudimentary stuff. Uh, but he he's no Greg. Greg is the guy that you uh, go to for your car. But mm-hmm. Earl, he's a handyman. 
and you tell him what you need, and he doesn't even ask questions. No, not even curious. He's a very simple man. Simple but reliable. Literally the thing that's on his sign. Not spelled correctly, but you know what? He's simple but reliable. <laughs> I like that. All right, Earl, I just need this thing off my off my arm. Not a problem. Give me a chance. And he's, uh, he, you, he, you don't even go anywhere. You go into the back of the police station, mm-hmm. uh, behind the police station, and you're on his truck, a pickup mm-hmm. truck, and he's just has the welding machine there. He's like, okay, I'll g- uh, just, uh, hold this in front of your eyes. And he gives you, like, a mask, uh, sure thing. for welding. And honestly, he tries cutting it off several different times. Different energy levels, different heat, and nothing works. And finally, after about 30 minutes, he's like, it ain't even... He kind of uh, takes off his glove and taps at the where he's been welding. Mm-hmm. He's like, gee, it's not even warm. What? It's not even warm. Feel it. Oh my God, you're right. Oh, wait, that's my prostatic can. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's very warm. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like, uh, no. He's like, it's this thing. Uh, I have no idea what's going on. I, you can't. I, I got nothing else that can cut this thing. Gosh, shoot. You know anybody in town who might know how to get this thing off? Oh, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That professor, uh, the the guy from the, the lighthouse, he might be able to help you out. He uh, he mixes up some chemicals. I had a, a, a nasty clog, and he uh, mixed up some of the good chemicals for me and just burned the damn thing down. I mean, he got rid of the clog and it burned down half the damn pipeline too. It was a cluster, but you know it worked. Great. So if you're looking for someone to melt something, he's your man. Wait, you mean the fellow who teaches at the school now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Him, him. Yeah, yeah. Smart fella. He's kind of a weird guy. Has his, uh, I don't, you know, his hair's a little long if you get my dress, but I like him. All right. Well, I'll have to try him then. And uh, thanks very much. uh, Thanks very much, Earl. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he nods his head, gives you a wave, hops into his pickup truck, and he takes off. Shoot. Oh. What time is it? Ah, oh, Christ's sakes. Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Told Jane I would pick her up after school. <laughs> yeah, Jane's a little busy. You're sitting there uh, outside of the school waiting. It's 15 minutes past the time your father was supposed to pick you up. Everybody's gotten in their bus, gotten in their bikes. A couple of them teased you as they drove off. People again that 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 uh, the group of cheerleaders and jocks are driving by slowly with their uh, <laughs> uh, the Corvette. One of them says, "Where's your bike?" And then they speed off, giggling as they do. And you're just kind of left there to your own devices. The door opens up and uh, waddling out. Now that uh, you're supposed to stay uh, an hour after school to you know reflect and do uh, grade some of the papers, but someone is trying to escape early. Uh, it is Mr. Wilkinson. Yeah, he's uh, he's backing out of the door with like his his bag uh, around his shoulder. He's like, looks around, sees nobody because he's his back is to 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 Jane. He's nobody, and then turns around, heading for his bike because he doesn't you, drive. As soon as you turn around, yeah. Jane's like right there in your face. Uh, Miss Jane. Hi, Mr. Wilkinson. Uh, hi. I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Since my bride seems to not be here, she looks around. No, no cop car in sight. It's not the first or last time Jane's going to look around for cop cars. <laughs> uh, she takes out her reporter's notebook as yep. she is the editor for the school newspaper. I was wondering if I could come back and see some of the, those experiments that you were talking about in class. I, 
I mean, my experiments are down in the, uh, the at the uh, lighthouse. I can go there. Do you have a bike or something? No. Because he points at his bike because he, he does not, you know, he does not going to be burning fossil fuels. <laughs> he rides a bike everywhere, has a ponytail. Oh. It's okay. I can stand on the back. She pulls out, the, she sells the helmet from this morning, so she oh puts that God. on. <laughs> And she you know, uh, hikes up the the skirt, and she stands on the back, like probably where you've got a, a little um, yeah, yeah, a holder for like putting your bag on yeah, there, yeah. so she can kind of uh, stand on top of that. I see nothing wrong with this. All right, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, this is this is clearly fine. <laughs> and you start pedaling away. Is being kidnapped by the communists. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you take off. Um, just drive, yeah, drinking around, driving uh, as as fast as your legs can take you. It's about four o'clock. You know, school left. It got out at three, yep. and uh, you've been waiting for quite some time for your father to pick you up. Fifteen minutes. You expected him to be pick you up at three forty-five, but he's he's four o'clock. It's getting late, and since you it is a small town, uh, you are making your way towards the coastline, uh, but you're still on a bike. Yeah, and while this is a small town, it is a small town that's spread out oh yeah a little bit so it takes you until about five o'clock till you hit like the towards when you're in like the middle of like the main street yes and especially since you have a uh, a new passenger on the back of your mm-hmm. uh, bike and just around then uh you hear the familiar uh well to jane the familiar sound of a siren <laughs> right behind the bike Go around! Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Eva. And he kind of like keeps going for a second, then kind of looks like, wait, is he, is he talking to me? Pull over to the far left if it makes you more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and Jane sighs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he pulls over, puts down the kickstand. Alright, pull up. Get out. There's no. Out, get off, I suppose, is more precisely. <laughs> right, step away from the vehicle, please, sir. Professor, yeah, Fred kind of shrugs. He's lo- he looks confused at what to whatever's happening. Like, okay. You've been drinking? Oh my god, Dad. No, I would never. At least not at school. Got a very fine whiskey at the lighthouse, though. Sheriff? And he's inviting you over for a drink, Dad. Look, Mr. Really, really, now is the time that you're going to teetotal? Williamson or whatever. Wilkinson. Sure. Wilkenstein. (laughs) (laughs) It used to be Wilkenstein before those bastards at Ellis Island. (laughs) Uh, Look, I, um, we can discuss why you... You were riding away with my daughter like you were trying to get inside of a cyclone that was going to knock down a Kansas house. But I got to talk to you about something else. Um, All right. Well, I mean, we we are barely 30 minutes away from the lighthouse. (laughs) But you are are about five minutes away from the, the port parlor diner. Put your bike in the back of the car. And then let's go get a bite to eat. Kind of gives the car a dubious look. Like, you what do kind eat. of mileage you get on that anyway? You do eat, don't you? Of course, I eat. All living things eat. 
Fine. Go get a bite to eat. I'll get you a nice red steak. You'll probably like that. I mean, yeah, the steak is delicious. Hop in, you ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys hop into the car, and it's a quick drive to the uh, Port Parlor Diner. And you guys easily get a booth. It's it's it's, it's five o'clock. Uh, people are actually starting to come in from the, a long night. Uh, seven th- seven o'clock, six o'clock, thirty six thirty to seven o'clock is when it's really busy. But right now, you guys are in that like nice zone. People are trying to get home, or you know, get get away from work or getting out of the harbor. So it's not that packed right now. You only have like a waitress. There's one uh, diner. Uh, there's a uh, waitress, there's a chef, uh, there's somebody sleeping on uh, uh, at one of the booths, and oh my god, it's James. James uh, is sleeping <laughs> across the, the, the diner uh, uh, counter. Uh, what, what, what plate is uh, resting next to you? Uh, next to me is a half-eaten plate of chicken and waffles. Up, oh, and they're just kind of like leaving you alone. They, they, you pay, so they're not going to kick you out, but they're, they're, you know. I feel it wrapping around me. Trying to choke the life out of him. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys enter the diner, and uh, that's the scene. There's plenty of place. Uh, the the yeah, one of the uh, the, uh, the older waitresses walk by and say, "Hey, just take a spot anyway you like." Yeah, as we're walking in, uh, uh, Fred is is still going on about what he was going on in the car. He's like, "I'm just saying, public transportation. Not everybody. I'm not saying get rid of all cars. I'm just saying public transportation. More people take it. Listen." That's what taxes are for. They pay for this sort of thing. If everybody chips in, it's a community. We uh, <laughs> and as, and as, actually, as you're talking, you hear uh, you hear one final as uh, as James wakes up. Wait, I know that voice. Oh no, Wilkinson. Oh son of. A I have another paper I want you to look at. <laughs> what? Oh oh hey. All right. Oh, you're All kidding me. All right. Okay. I remember our last conversation. Mm-hmm. So no, for, first off, before we get in, are you guys taking a booth? Who's <laughs> standing in the middle of the going <laughs> I am trying to like pull Fred and Jane towards a like the farthest booth from James. Uh-huh. And I one hundred percent believe that James just picks up all the stuff on his on his booth, <laughs> on his table, including the ketchup and the silverware <laughs> and the salt and <laughs> and pepper, yeah. yeah. It just dumps it all on the table we <laughs> yeah. sit down. I mean yeah. Fred's calling and we're like, oh come yeah. join us. No, 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 no. no. All right. <clears throat> Fred. Fred, right? Yes, sir. Fred, all right. So, the, the what you call it, uh, the change of the climb? Climate change. Climate change, all right, which is real. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Jane, up. this is great stuff. <laughs> this is great stuff. Oh, she's got so, her notebook out. If the, the things that slither, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if it gets warmer, right, do you think that they breed more of themselves and thus they can use it to take over the world? I mean, it's very clear that if the climate does change and the water becomes warmer, certain species will, of course, uh, cre- create more of themselves. Will breed faster and probably crowd out others. So I, I, I don't, I don't know if I would go as far as take over the world, but they would definitely crowd out other uh, beings within their so ecosystem. So to survive, we need to ice the entire ocean. Well, okay. I mean, I, there there are worse ways. I'm actually working on something oh. at the lighthouse to to cool the water around. I the knew coast. we were of the same mind. Okay, could I have a coffee and <laughs> just go ahead and put some Alan's coffee brandy in there? For me? Yeah. It's going to be a long day. Yeah. Can you oh. give me a second one, another one of those as well, please? Thank you. No, don't do that, Marshall. Thank you so much. <laughs> Listen, this is fascinating, but Mr. Wilkinson, I have hmm. a problem that I need you to help me. All right. Is it related to the climate? And I guess I can help with that. Jane, I need you to put your book away. Why? 
because this is official police business and it's not on the record. And Jane looks perplexed at that. Isn't police business always supposed to be on the record? You've been spending too much time with this communist. (laughs) (laughs) Don't the people have a right to know? Once about the squid things. The the things things to slither. Right about the squid things, then. (laughs) Well, they have. (laughs) Fred. Yes. Sure, sure. So you, uh, Dave, uh, I'm sorry, James is st- going to talk to Jane about the squid things, giving you uh, you and the professor time to talk, uh, Sheriff. Walk with me, Fred. Let's take a walk outside. All right. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> Roll initiative. Take my daughter. Murder for America. <laughs> All right. Walk outside. And I show him the briefcase. Fred, I need this goddamn thing off of me. Uh, I mean, that's what the keys are for. You have the keys, right? No, you don't have the keys. No, there's no keyhole. Wait, that doesn't make any... Huh, there is no keyhole. And I tried to solder it off earlier. Earl from down the way wasn't even hot. I was going to say, that sounds terribly unsafe, but... All right. Hmm... Tap, tap, tap. And I like to imagine as you're having this conversation, there's uh, because it's soundproof and then where is me being super animated as I'm talking about it. Yeah, like arms waving around like a squid. It's like... <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you can do uh, so, uh, technology, uh, Dan, yep. uh, and plus intelligence if you'd like. Sure. I mean, depending on how you go about this, if you're using your intellect. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's cunning. definitely yeah. intellect. Yeah. Yeah. Roll your mic, coward. <laughs> so many dice. And would you like to use any uh, 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 any more dice with the uh, public pool? Uh, I mean, I'm basically right. pulling. This is yeah. So. This is difficulty three. Uh, this is difficulty uh, two plus one complication. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Um... Did we explain the difference between difficulty and complication yes. on yeah, mic? Yeah, yeah. Not on mic, I don't think. Uh, the difficulty. Uh, the, the the idea is there's a difficulty number to see if you succeeded your task. Complication you can add on to it. Uh, is basically something that happens. Uh, it's basically succeeding at a cost. So if I say a difficulty two, uh, you need to get two successes to complete the task. So mm-hmm. an, I- an idea is picking a lock. So you need, this lock is really, uh, really hard. Uh, so I say it's a uh, difficulty two. If you get two, you succeed. Now, if I said difficulty two and one complication, uh, you need to roll three to get past the complication. If, if you don't say like you do just roll two, you still succeed. The lock is picked, but at the point I w- the complication was that it was burning hot. So mm-hmm. I would say you burned yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's basically succeeding at a cost. So right, right so now this is, you need two to two. succeed. And there's a complication. And there's a complication. Gotcha. So two to succeed, but three to get, uh, you know, uh, full compl- uh, compliments. All right. You know, we need to use these. And honestly, like, yeah, this is a, an interesting scientific puzzle. So I'm going to use one of these bennies to give myself one extra die. Great. No, you cut my hand off for nothing. <laughs> uh, well, that is one, two, three successes. Yay. No tens. Oh, nice. nice. Lucky. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so here's uh, what you're able to deduce, deduce from it. Uh, you were kind of right when you first started off. You need a key to open it. And <laughs> as you're looking around, you don't see any signs of a keyhole, but you do see signs of um, a small vent on the side, about the size of a penny. And you're looking through it, and almost as if uh, it requires a, a substance, a liquid, a mist, uh, some sort of chemical might be the thing that opens it up. It's a very interesting lock. It's it's a chemical-based lock. Uh, so basically, you would need the right component in order to have this thing pop open, you think. Mm-hmm. Or there's a live specimen in it, but yeah. from what you're 
judging no that's you, you think right now the vent activates the opening mechanism right uh so he's like this is i've never seen anything like this this seems to have some kind of sensor for organic no i don't know if it's organic but chemical it's it's a kind of chemical reader it there would be some kind of chemical substance that you would put into this and it would open i mean i've got lots of chemicals back at, back home uh, we, we can we can definitely bring it back and try oh oh this is good oh well sheriff you've brought me a good one i guarantee i i didn't <laughs> uh angela and uh dave uh i'm sorry angela and uh, jesus roll your uh i'm pretty sure integrity is investigation or noticing you know what uh i need you to roll enigma plus uh cunning yes as you guys are discussing and angela you're kind of bored from him explaining what the slithering is mm-hmm. uh, other than a harry potter plan <laughs> uh, but that doesn't exist one yet. success Two, four. One, no. Four. Five. five. Nice. Jeez. All right. So, uh, nice. Jesus, you will you will notice this, but as James, the crackpot, is talking to you, the Mariner Loon is talking to you about the Slytherin, and then he talks about bananas being a thing that might be the thing that might be what they're after because bananas are delicious, which is why he never eats bananas because he doesn't want to get eaten. <laughs> they're also rather tentacly. Exactly. Yep. You know, they both have stocks. It makes perfect sense. Exactly. Like It, it has layers, too. Yeah. Like a conspiracy theory. Everything has layers. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Even this chicken. You kind of just start wondering, <laughs> looking outside at your father, and you see that your father and uh, the professor are talking to each other, and uh, their back is turned a, uh, kind of away from the main street, which is facing the ocean. And you're the first to notice a very large, because it's, it's getting dark out, but it's still that last lingering bit of light. And there's a cloud of smog or fog rolling in, kind of like almost a wave. And, and, you, and, you, and you've been in this town for your 15 years. You've not moved. You're used to fog rolling in, but not this quickly. And not this compact, it looks like a wall of smoke is just engulfing the entire town, eating it. And your dad and the professor are just too busy talking and shooting the crap to even notice. Uh, Jesus, James, you, you kind of follow her gaze and you, you, you spot it as well. Hold that thought, uh, Mr. Wyatt, and I'm going to go run to the door. And you're going to get there with time to spare because you spot it really soon. Uh, Mr. Wyatt, uh, this looks very familiar. They've come. They've come. I scream out to everybody. They've come. They've come. Yeah. So you, okay. So you're, you're being, uh, Loon's yeah. got a loon. Yeah. And, uh, Loon's got a loon. Yep. Yeah. Angela, you push open the door and your dad and the professor are talking. Dad, uh, uh, Dr. Wilkinson, you got to get inside. Now, Look at got- that. Jane, I'm sure it's very important. Dr. Fog. Wilkinson, yeah, for, look for, at that fog. definitely looks behind it. Oh, that's not... Now, as a weather scientist, I can tell you that is not normal. Doctor, I don't mm. need a weather scientist right now. I need a scientist for handcuffs. You hear the sound of uh, a car crashing behind you as uh, Angela, the professor, you see this. Someone's yeah. trying to drive, you know, drive away from this cloud of smoke, smog, fog, whatever it is, and they get engulfed by it, and their headlights... Bright, their brights are on, and it completely goes dark. It, clearly, and they must have slammed into something right mm-hmm. as, they get, as they got engulfed. Oh my god, I gotta go check on them. Uh, Fred, uh, get inside with Jane, and I'm gonna go 
uh, make sure that those people are okay. As soon as I see uh, Marshall heading in that direction, I'm going to run out to try to grab him. Cool. I mean, gonna, I'm, I'm probably going gonna to be ahead mm-hmm. of me, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a, it's an opposing rule. You yeah. guys are getting in. The the, the, the fog's going to be engulfing this parlor in a mm-hmm. moment's notice, but uh, De- Jesus, I'll give you a chance to grab Marshall. Yep. Uh, this is going to be an opposed check, so okay. mm-hmm. uh, close combat for you, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, athletics. Athletics, yeah. I'm sure there's a gra- there are grappling rules, mm-hmm. uh, but... So close combat and might? Yeah, okay. might. Uh, one success. All right, Marshall. All right, so it's going to be might because I'm I'm running as fast as I can, and that is a. That's a ten. That's a. Yeah. That's a ten. That's a double. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So it's two successes. Two successes. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, you grab him by the shoulders, but you easily like shrug him off, and you uh, are running off towards. You you do see this massive ball of. Just nothing that's coming towards you. Uh, it is a you can't even see past it. Uh, but you you're running towards it and you kind of stop at your car as this thing is about to hit you. Um, you can't even see the town outside. Um, of course, the, uh, James Wyatt. What do you do now that you see that he's gotten away from you? He's, there's no grabbing him now. The man has a has a daughter. I can't let him die. I gotta chase after him. Okay, cool. Uh, Professor, what are you doing? You see this massive cloud moving towards the parlor. Which is fascinating, and he's trying to figure it out. So he's like, stay. he's going like, <laughs> not even looking at like, Jane, get inside, dear. And yeah, I'm like trying to get like a feel for the wind, what direction it's going. Like, this is absolutely strange. So there's Jane, no, yeah, there's no, there's no uh, wind pushing it this way. So Jane, how's it feel to be an orphan? <laughs> Orphan, I, I'm worried there's about to be a total party kill inside from me. No, yeah. you're you're about to inherit that bike. <laughs> Jane, are you inside? No. Now everyone else is staying outside. Okay, cool. Uh, so the first people to get hit by this wave is Jesus and Dave. I need you to make uh, stamina checks. Difficulty two, complication one, um, and uh, you can do. Res- uh, let me see. It is also. Is it straight stamina or it is stamina? Yeah, let's do a uh, survival plus uh, stamina check. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, difficulty two, what complication did, one. Yes. What did trademark do again? Each one can be used once per story. Use your trademark with the noted skill and gain two additional dice. And if successful, you can do go. You can do directal directal control. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm going to use my trademark. I will survive. Okay. All right. So is it stamina plus survival? Right. Yes. All right. Really? One, two successes. Oh, hot dog. Four successes. Alright, so the complication is you're stunned, uh, Jesus. Um, Technically, I mean, you succeeded. Mm -hmm. With complication. With complication, so I don't know if you triggered your, uh, you got director of control. Mm -hmm. How about this? I will give you uh, an extra Benny. Right. So you succeeded, but you also get a Benny uh, okay, to take fine. over uh, But uh, Okay, so right now, you've taken no damage. You've taken no damage, uh, but you are frozen, as mm-hmm. if like you are touched by the coldest... You, you've just been dipped in the coldest mm-hmm. uh, water you've ever felt. Your body in, it completely freezes up. Uh, Dave, same thing, but you're not frozen. You kind of push that uh, chill that runs through your entire body away, but you can't... You, you know that you cannot breathe the stuff in. 
Like it is, it is worse. It's worse than some of the worst cigars that you've ever had to like choke down when you're in the front lines. This is something that you is it's incredibly dangerous, and you you kind of use the uh the, your your car to hide uh behind. But you, the only thing going for you right now is you haven't taken damage and you're not stunned. But that is going to uh, might change soon enough as uh, you continuously be surrounded by this stuff. Uh, Angela and De- uh, Angela and uh, Dan. Uh, Dan, mm-hmm. you get hit with this and uh, same roll. Everybody who's outside, uh, make a stamina plus a survival check. Oh, that's not good. Uh, so stamina, stamina, stamina. I do not have survival. Yeah. So I am going to use, I'd like to use two of those mm-hmm. uh, uh, rewrites. You know, that's fair. I, I shut it down. Mm-hmm. Majority vote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, daughter, mine is going to survive an empty <laughs> of fog. One success. Uh, you oh, two? I needed two successes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, right, if there's just the worst survival, does that mean I have a score or I don't have a score? You uh, There's no number after it. Okay. Uh, that means you do not have it. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. All right, so... Uh, Might want to use one of those points. I'm going to use, use one mm-hmm. because science... Uh, but only one because science. <laughs> yeah, I'm like he's like stepping op- forward with like the open arms of uh, one who wants yeah, to with know the secrets of the universe open. and breathe them in. Uh, because he's uh very smart, but not always in the right ways. So one more die. Uh, nope. Uh, well, that's still two successes. Right, so, two successes. So the, the the complication is you're stunned, but you're taking no damage. Yeah. Angela, you're stunned and you're taking three damage. Oof. You can either take it or you could shrug it off. Shrug it off allows you to roll uh, your uh, stamina to uh, shake it off, or you can just uh, take it, which takes you all the way to the end of the uh, uh, injury track. I'm going to try to shake it off. Cool. Uh, let me see. I think it's just a stamina roll. Uh, roll resistance attribute, usually stamina. Okay. Zero successes. So you take three damage as this thing burns the inside of your lung. It doesn't even feel like it burns inside of your lung. It almost freezes the inside of your lungs as you are completely chilled at this point. Uh, you stumble back and kind of fall against the wall. Uh, the professor, yeah. you see this. Uh, but you're stunned, I said. I, at this right. Point. So you're stunned for one round. Uh, everybody else, who is uh, next round? So who is not stunned? I'm not stunned. D- you didn't take damage, but you are but stunned. But I am stunned, yes. <laughs> Uh, so right now, uh, the James is leaning against your car, uh, completely frozen, um, but uh, you guys are still kind of awake. I am, uh, yeah, I'm throwing, I'm grabbing James by the back of his collar mm-hmm. and dragging him towards uh, Declaration of Intent. Get everybody inside of the, get everybody inside of the... Uh, structure inside of the diner. Uh, my uh, delicacy with Fred and James will be uh, null and void. Yeah. But I will be. But I am. I'm basically. I am uh, uh, juggernutting towards my daughter. And if you want to come with me, you can. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. So uh, with uh, that in tow, uh, you are being dragged with you. So uh, again, another roll. Two. Uh, two difficulty. Uh, one complication. Uh, I'm going to say it is going to be. Uh, yeah, no, it's one complication since you're helping him. Uh, you're going to negate any uh, complications that they, he might have. Okay. So I'm going to say uh, might and athletics. Yep. And I would like to spend two of these points to get two additional dice because I do not want people to die right now. Okay. So uh, I would like to use the trope grit and determination. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that do? Uh, roll one extra die on actions that are outside of your character's archetype. And survival is not in there? 
Survival is, but athletics is not. Oh, so you're uh, you're you're trying to get everybody inside. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I will uh, say this is going to. Uh, okay, you know, I'm, I, since you succeeded so well last time, I'm going to let you try to just barrel through this and try to pull everybody in. Okay. Cool. So, but to get everybody in, it's one difficulty for each person. Okay. So cool. to get everybody inside, it would be a difficulty. three difficulty. Okay. Cool. But uh, they wouldn't have to roll to take any more damage. Okay. Cool. Hey, fellas, it sucks that my daughter's out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We so, Jane. Uh, I'm going to go for Jane. One, two, three successes. You know, three successes is all you need to save everybody. I mean, yes, retroactively. <laughs> I'm totally comfortable with me, like, going towards my – going towards Jane and uh, – oh, here's what happened. So, I'm going towards Jane I tr- uh, and I'm holding the briefcase and – the, I let the briefcase go briefly, and uh, though stunned, James manages to grab hold of the of the chain of the briefcase and won't let go. So now I'm I'm pulling James with me, like James, let go of me. James hurt, and I stumble backwards into Fred Wilkinson, <laughs> who stumbles back into Jane, and we all fall through the doors. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Billy from Fandible Podcasting Network. Thank you so much for listening. We loved having you here. If you want to follow more of Fandible's crazy hijinks, go to our Twitter or Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Fandible or at Facebook at Fandible. I know, we're creative like that. If you would like to do more and support us, please feel free to go to our Patreon and donate. Uh, Your donations help us go to cons, buy materials, and just keep our radio equipment working. Thank you so much, and remember... The ink monster wants to eat you!